Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. I am very aware this morning of the supernatural nature of the church and the reality that we sometimes need to be reminded of frequently that something unique and powerful and catastrophic in terms of the powers of this earth has occurred in Christ Jesus. And in the miracle of him choosing and revealing himself and adopting us individually, he has brought us into an eternal existence with an inheritance. And we should remind ourselves every day of these realities. Otherwise, the mundane things and the challenges of this earth can be overwhelming. And I don't know about you, but I feel like the earth is weary right now. That nations are weary. This scourge that has been loosed, relentless against us, affecting every area of life in almost every human being for the last two years. And in that context, the essential nature that God chose for you and I to know him, to be vessels of the Spirit of God dwelling in us and dwelling in the church corporately in this hour, a unique hour of trial and testing and difficulty. And the exposure of the weaknesses of things that we may have trusted in as a people or as a nation. The genuine shaking and revelation of some of the corrupt foundations of our institutions that we have trusted in. And I think one of the major things that especially we in America have been shown in this last couple of years is the neglect of our health. Because indeed, that point became one of the major Achilles heels by which we have been ravaged. Um, but I want to just share with you a couple of thoughts and um, Rich and you and Michael can keep me on track. We'll see if we can, we can do this really quickly. Say supernatural. Jesus said, you are the salt 
Say salt. You are the salt. You are the salt. And think about this for a moment because literally every place that you are, I, um, uh, Deanna shared with me um, an experience that she had when she went to her coffee shop just this past week. And what a delight and a surprise and a blessing it was to find these four young men with their Bibles out there in the coffee shop. People are beginning to call on the name of the Lord. This is really true. And, um, you know, our young people, our, our next generation, it's absolutely critical that we are salt and light in this hour and that we are influencing and giving and holding the line on the reality and revelation of the gospel and of Jesus Christ. And we are in a, in a place where it's like we're hanging between two opinions. I'm, I, I am uh, troubled and angered inside that the imagination of our younger generation is being literally captured, abducted by unrealities called virtual reality. You know, there's this new, it's the metaverse now, and a, a literal like human cyborg is devising the future existence of a whole generation of young people through virtual reality. And it is for us to be able to recognize the supernatural nature of who we are and be able to be that present supernatural nature where we are interacting with regular human beings in the daily course of our lives every day. And on Friday, one of the words that Rich shared was the word relentless. And he was encouraging us about the relentless nature of our prayer and our fasting. And this is the major weapon. It is border security in every way you can imagine. Supernaturally, naturally, the prayer of the church is literal border security. I looked again um, at the way the Lord drew boundaries of nations and literally assigned Israel by tribes their inheritance according to clear boundaries, according to clear borders. And they were given those portions of their inheritance within those boundaries. Likewise, in nations, this is true. Identity comes from understanding there are clear boundaries, there are clear borders, there are moral ones, there are spiritual ones, there are cultural ones, and there are nation ones. You are the salt of the earth. The most quoted scripture from the Old Testament in the New Testament, Peter, for instance, quoted it. It was the, the crux of his Pentecost message, uh, is Psalm 10. 
The Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Say until. And I am very aware I've been, you know, we, we carry a lot of people in our prayers, in our fasting, in our intercession. And Pastor Mahesh and I are continually in touch with literal dozens of people all around the world, day in and day out, with needs and requests. And the essential nature of the prayers of the saints, of the prayers and presence of the church, is absolutely crucial. So be refreshed and revived in the sense of your relevance and the importance of continuing to say yes to Jesus. To say yes to Jesus. In that Psalm 110, this is from the Message Bible. The word of God to my Lord. Sit alongside me here on my throne until I make your enemies a stool for your feet. You were forged a strong scepter by God of Zion. Now rule those surrounded by enemies. Your people will freely join you, resplendent in holy armor on the great day of your conquest. Join you at the fresh break of day. Join you with all the vigor of youth. God gave his word and he won't take it back. You are the permanent priest, the Melchizedek priest. The Lord stands true at your side, crushing kings in his terrible wrath, bringing judgment on the nations, handing out convictions wholesale, crushing opposition across the wide earth. The kingmaker put his king on the throne. The true king rules with head held high. Say until. Rule until. And we have been brought into that company of priests and kings, individually and personally and corporately. And I want us just to think, imagine a couple of scenes that have been resonating in my spirit these past few days as we are in this period of fasting and have entered into a kind of intercession, I believe, for the travail that is happening in the earth. Um, thank God the gospel is good news. Why is it good news? Because of the reality that Jesus has triumphed over every principality and power, every force of nature over life and death and has become the king forever. Philippians 2, 5 through 13. And it says in that scripture that every knee will bow. It's speaking of powers, of authorities, 
of everything, every person, every king, every ideology, every religion that could stand with straight legs on the earth in any kind of a place of presence or influence or power. And the Word of God says that those knees will suddenly buckle before the presence of the King, the King of glory. John saw in Revelation 6 and 7 as the Lamb comes and begins to open the seals. You remember? We are living in a time in the earth that is described right there in Revelation of those seals being open, of famine, of death, of war, and rumors of war. But there is a horse and a rider that precedes all of the loosing of those things. And that is the conqueror on the white horse. That is the king of glory. That is Jesus and his gospel going forth in the earth through the power of his spirit. In advance of, with a good word, with the word of salvation, with the word of healing and redemption, the word of deliverance and of hope, preceding before all of the other things. Every knee will bow and every tongue. There isn't a language, a culture, an ideology that will get the last word. Because Jesus is the last word. In the Message Bible, in Matthew's Gospel, the description of the moment of the crucifixion. It says, from noon to three, the whole earth was dark. A supernatural nature of principalities and powers being exposed before the demonstration of God as he has come in the flesh to confront every authority and become king. Around mid-afternoon, Jesus groaned out of the depths, crying loudly, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? We know it's the prophetic word from Psalms. It goes on to say, You will not leave my soul in Sheol. Looking forward to the culmination of the work of Calvary, in the resurrection. But we see it here in its specificity of this confrontation. Some bystanders who heard him said he's calling for Elijah. We may or may not get to that. Rich was calling for the spirit of Elijah to come on us afresh in the watch on Friday. And while he was speaking, I was thinking of uh, the double portion that came on Elisha. And you know the story when Elijah was being taken up to heaven and Elisha would not leave him, he continued to be with him. And all of the prophetic people were completely distracted by other things that were happening. But Elisha had his focus 
He had his focus clear. And he didn't let anything or anyone dissuade him from it. And the, the story is, is fascinating. In fact, I, we, we may just go there in a minute. Let me finish this, this uh, scripture. So I was looking, I was thinking of this ultimate confrontation when basically Jesus told principalities and powers to shut up. Um, bystanders who heard him said he's calling for Elijah. One of them ran and got a sponge soaked in sour wine and lifted it on a stick so he could drink. The others joked, don't be in such a hurry. Let's see if Elijah comes and saves him. But Jesus, again crying out loudly, breathed his last. But we know that the next breath that he would take is the breath of eternal life, wherein he became a life-giving spirit and destroyed the power of sin and death and all of the works of the devil. At that moment, the temple curtain was ripped in two, top to bottom. It indicated that the veil that had been between heaven and earth suddenly had moved. Heaven became open. Earth became open to heaven. Heaven was open to earth through the unique and mysterious work of what happened in Jesus' body. He emptied himself in order that he might fill us and the earth with himself. So the veil between the closed door between heaven and earth was suddenly opened. There was an earthquake and rocks were split in pieces, indicating that the powers of heaven had now moved and the powers of earth and everything under the earth. And of course, in our scriptures, we see very clearly that Jesus had a, a, an understanding that there were, there were powers, demonic powers, that were la related to the underworld, to under the earth. And so we see heaven shifts, the powers of earth, and hell are shaken. There was an earthquake and the rocks were split in pieces. What's more, the tombs were opened up. And ultimately, that one final enemy, death, was confronted in that moment and disarmed. Say disarmed. Say death has been disarmed. We are supernatural people, church. You're going to live forever. You are going to live forever. 
get it into your heart, your mind, your body, you're going to live forever. There is something when you have that grasp, when you can stand as a shining light and speak to people in fear, in consternation, in dread, in confusion, and you can literally stand in front of them as a supernatural beacon of reality and give them the good news that they have been ordained for eternal life and inheritance as the family of God. I'm looking forward to being with all of you forever. And I hope that it's mutual. <laughs> um, the tombs were opened up and many bodies of believers asleep in their graves were raised. Can you imagine? And there are actually a couple of references in the New Testament that some of those ones who were raised on that day were still alive and in the congregations at the writing of our New Testament. I mean, think of that. Think of that. That suddenly we buried Uncle Silas two years ago. And now he's sitting in church every time we meet. Come on. Come on. The church is supernatural. Say supernatural. We are the salt of the earth. The salt of the earth. After Jesus' resurrection, they left the tombs and entered the holy city and appeared to many. The captain of the guard and those with him, when they saw the earthquake and everything else that was happening, were scared to death. They said, this has to be the Son of God. The demonstration of that confrontation where the powers of heaven and earth and everything under the earth suddenly shook as it was confronted with the death of the body of Jesus. So, say salt. And I think I will skip over to this story. in the spirit of Elijah. It's in 2 Kings, chapter 2. I... I've had this picture in my mind and it's like recurring during this time of fasting and prayer and our watch prayers together for our nation, for our families, for the nations of the world. And it's, it's here in this, in this story in 2 Kings. Say the spirit of Elijah. <laughs> Remember that's Malachi's promise at the end. That something was coming, coming. The one, the covenant bringer, was coming. 
and he would literally remove the curse from the earth. He would remove the curse from the earth. And that's what happened the day that Jesus emptied himself entirely on the cross and confronted the existence, the existent powers and began something new. And he has incorporated us as living members of that new thing. So, this is just before God took Elijah to heaven in a whirlwind. And Elijah and Elisha were going around kind of making the last circle of things. And once again, the people making all the noise were the Guild of Prophets. And they came out and they were prophesying to Elisha. Did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? And he basically told them, shut up. I'm not going to be distracted by your noise. You're focusing on the wrong thing. Focusing on the wrong thing. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. God has sent me on an errand to the Jordan. And Elisha said, not on your life. I'm not letting you out of my sight. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. That's what that scripture from Psalm 110 says. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. Let us cling all the more to the glorious feet of our King who is making everything his footstool. And he has anointed us and sent us into our world in this hour with this word of healing and power and deliverance. So it goes on, Elisha took up his cloak and rolled it up and hit the water of the Jordan and the river divided. And the two men walked through on dry land. When they reached the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Ask me anything. And Elisha said, your life repeated in my life. And so today, if the Lord would say to you, what can I do for you today? God willing, this would be our answer. Lord Jesus, your life, your life repeated in my life. That's a hard one, Elijah said. But if you're watching when I'm taken, you'll get what you've asked for, but only if you're watching. So be refreshed today in your vigilance, in the hope of the gospel and your calling. You are eternal, you have an inheritance, but you also have an assignment now. And you are a supernatural messenger. So it happened, they were walking along and talking and suddenly a chariot and horses of fire came between them and Elijah went up in the whirlwind to heaven. Say supernatural. 
Lord Jesus, I pray that you would give us a fresh awareness of the supernatural nature, not just of powers of darkness and opposition, but the literal supernatural nature of your victory, of your presence, of your glorious word being declared over every circumstance in which you have brought us, that we might hear your word and proclaim it. I want to just take a quick diversion here. Is Dennis still in here? Where are you, Dennis? There you are. Dennis, I, I have had you intensely in prayer for weeks and weeks now, you and, and Dr. BJ. But today, Dennis says, you were standing here and you began to sing and you were making the declaration that the Lord is the King of glory, basically, that every knee will bow. I saw very clearly, spiritually, what I feel like I've been in prayer for you about, battling, if you will, for weeks and weeks. You were literally standing. It was almost like a Lord of the Rings scene. And you literally are standing. And I want to say this to you. God has positioned you at the literal gates of hell as his messenger, as his warrior, as his life bringer, as his hope bringer, as an emissary of good news and salvation. And we pray God will refresh you in every way. We commend you for your absolutely relentless faith. But I saw you today as you were singing, literally announcing to the powers of death and hell that you face and confront every day in your work. And we want to tell you, stand strong, Dennis. The Spirit of the Lord is on you. You are an anointed messenger of light and life and eternal graces. So we bless you. And I just want you to know in the realm of the Spirit, you are a powerful man. You are a powerful man. So be refreshed today. Um, so chariot and horses of fire came between them. Elijah went up in the whirlwind. Elisha saw it all and shouted, my father, my father, the chariot and Calvary of Israel. And when he could no longer see anything, he grabbed his robe and ripped it to pieces and picked up Elijah's cloak. There is a laying aside that we do daily in order to take on the supernatural nature and anointing of who we are in Christ. There is a laying aside of the weakness and reality of our own flesh in order that we might take on afresh that commission and that calling. Mary, you are in a very strategic place, and I feel you in the realm of the Spirit. I've been praying intensely for you for months but you also, you're standing in a supernatural place, literally in front of gates. And those gates are the locks and bars that would, would try and abduct or, or prevent a new generation from coming into a revelation of God. 
And the Lord is using you, Mary. He is using you as, a, 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 as an intervention in our generation. And so we encourage you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That the Spirit of God will come on you even more prophetically and freshly and supernaturally day by day for all those that you lead and teach and influence, but that there will be a deposit coming from you that is landing in all of those children and in all of those parents. Because literally, they are the future. And our future is bright. There is a remnant and there is a seed. And God is doing it. It is the church. Say the church. Say salt. So... Ozan, believe it or not, the part of the story is after this that I, that I uh, wanted, wanted us to get to for today. He hit the river with the cloak of Elijah saying, now where is the God of Elijah? Where is he? And when he struck the water, the river divided and Elisha walked through. Do you think he was surprised? He had seen Elijah move in that power. But he hadn't experienced it himself. But God had appointed a day when Elisha's time had come. And it was time for him to lay aside his old cloak and to take on that new anointing, that new identity. The season of his commission, of his calling had come. And I believe, church, that that is what has come to us in America. That all of these events, the last couple of years, have been in order to reveal that God has called you and I to the kingdom for such a time as this. Say supernatural. Supernatural. The guild of prophets from Jericho saw the whole thing from where they were standing, and they said, the spirit of Elijah lives in Elisha. And then they welcomed and honored him. These guys crack me up. I, they're just always making a lot of noise and running around, doing all kinds of stuff, and typically distracted from the crooks of the issue. And they said, we are at your service. We have 50 reliable men here. Let's send them out to look for your master. Maybe God's spirit has swept him off to some mountain and dropped him into a remote ravine. You know, prophets, quote unquote, are a dime a dozen. It's ridiculous how cheapened the reality of the prophetic has been made by the immense commercialization, trafficking, social media, followers, blah, 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 blah. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. There is a word of God over your life, and it's not something new from some random prophet every week coming with a new message from somewhere. It's what happened to you on that day that Jesus revealed himself to you in your heart. 
and you stood up in the realm of the spirit, laying aside the old man, the old nature, sin and death, all of your past, present and future to take on the life of Christ. Elisha says, no, don't send them. But they pestered him until he caved in. Did you ever do that? Cave to the relentless pressure of the people and things around you that aren't seeing actually what's going on until it catches us up and forces us to come with them in their distraction. They pestered him until he caved in. Go ahead, send them. So off they sent. For three days they looked, searching high and low. Nothing. And finally they returned to Elijah in Jericho. And it's fascinating that this is the city, this is the place where all of these events took place. There is a significance to geographic locations, friends. There is an importance to physical borders, to national lines of boundary and identity. Never in the Bible is invasion by foreign armies into borders of lands a good thing. And what we are seeing on our southern border, for instance, in the natural is a type of what's happening in the realm of the spirit, cultural, and everything else as well. And guess what? You are the border security. The faith, the prayers, the persistence of the church to believe, to intercede, to pray, and to go forth in the power of the Spirit, that conquering king on the white horse that John saw that comes before all of these other difficulties coming on the earth, there is an advance rider, the king of glory. And we are riding with him in the power of the Spirit. And that's our assignment. In Jericho, very interesting. Location. Say location. And here is the rest of the story. One day, the men of the city, this Jericho, said to Elisha, You can see for yourself, Master, how well our city is located, but the water is polluted and nothing grows. I love America. God bless America. The unique hope and dream of America in the earth is precious and powerful and true and worth defending and worth fighting for. But we also have to understand this is a spiritual battle. We need to know how to do this warfare. One of the words the Lord gave us for this year is engagement. And we are challenged to engage our world. And right now, praying church, fasting church, we are the border security for our nation. But the water is polluted and nothing grows. And it seems that everywhere you look, 
hoping for good, hoping for right, hoping for light, hoping for morality, hoping for rationality, hoping for some kind of confidence from institutions that we have believed in and trusted in. And everything that can be shaken is being shaken. But we are unshakable. We are unshakable. The water is polluted and nothing grows. So Elisha said, bring me a brand new bowl and put some salt in it. And they brought it to him. When Jesus revealed himself to you, he created a new vessel. A new vessel to be filled with his life and his literal personal presence in order that he might pour you into the headwaters of the lives of individuals, the circumstance, in the time and the nation in which he has planted you. Paul the Apostle said it. God has pre-appointed the times and seasons and boundaries of our dwelling in order that we might seek and find the Lord, though he is not far from every one of us. Bring me a brand new bowl and put some salt in it. This is us. You are the salt. You are the salt. And they brought it to him, and he went to the spring and sprinkled the salt into it and proclaimed God's word, I've healed this water. It will no longer kill you or poison your land. And sure enough, the water was healed and remains so to this day, just as Elisha had said. Pretty powerful stuff, right? Suddenly, a supernatural act. And the city that has been languishing under a polluted curse and barrenness, suddenly the headwaters are healed and the city is able to come into its beautiful blessing and ordination and blessing to the lives of the people living there. You are the salt, these new vessels. And one of the things that I appreciate about the honesty of our Bible is because right after this incredible, these two incredible events in Elisha's life, then suddenly um, he has this little encounter with, uh, in the Message Bible, it says some little kids came out of the town taunting him. What's up, old bald head? Out of our way, skinhead. And Elisha turned and took one look at them and cursed them in the name of God. And two bears charged out of the underbrush and knocked them about, ripping them limb from limb, 42 children in all. And he continued on his mission from God. It says he went on to Mount Carmel and returned to Samaria. <laughs> we all have foilables. We all have foilables. 
And I so appreciate Michael and Rich exhorting us today about the renewal that is in the body and blood of Jesus. That entering in again to the event I read at the beginning where the temple veil, that separation between heaven and earth, shifted. The earthquake and the rocks split. Powers under the earth and in the earth suddenly were disarmed and the tombs were opened. Death breathed its last. Praise the Lord. So, let's stand together. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So in this, take hope, take heart, take encouragement, be filled afresh with joy and a sense of vision and confidence and courage and determination. You are supernatural. You are supernatural. Your word has power. Your prayers are literal border security. And the King of glory is going forth in the earth before us and taking us with him in the power of the Spirit, in the face in the face of all of his enemies. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your great conquest. God gave his word and he won't take it back. You are the permanent priest, the Melchizedek priest. The Lord stands true at your side, crushing kings, bringing judgment on nations, handing out convictions wholesale, crushing opposition across the wide earth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want us just to pray in the Spirit for a few minutes and receive a fresh infilling. And let this picture be in your mind of Elisha coming and taking that new vessel, salt in it, and pouring it into the headwaters of the city. Because we are the salt. And God intends to pour us out day by day in various circumstances as a supernatural intervention for healing, for salvation, for a good word, for a word of clarity, for a word of reason, for a word of judgment, for a word of hope, for a word of joy, for a word of healing. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you 
Let's pray together in the spirit, saints. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess. We receive a fresh infilling, Lord, the water of your spirit. Lord Jesus, fill us afresh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just feel there's real grace for us to burn on for the long run. I just have this sense. Just raise your hands in this atmosphere. Just receive this easy yoke this light burden fresh anointing fresh grace fresh power of the spirit resting on us to burn on for the long run not burn out just receive this that breath of the Lord just yes. to burn on not just burn for a few years and flake out just strong roots strong foundations see I just see burning on for the long run just long, the long run any sense of exhaustion burnout weariness Pastor Bonnie was talking about the word of the Lord is breaking that off right now breaking off exhaustion burnout weariness there's real fresh grace, a fresh start, fresh energy, fresh power, fresh refreshing from the Lord. I just see that. It just looks like a fresh start for us. Almost like getting born again afresh. If you've been laboring in the Lord's work, I just feel there's like a, there's a fresh start, like a refreshing. Like when you first started. I feel, I feel that's something you've been laboring in the Lord for a season, for time. And maybe it's just weariness, getting warm. But I feel like it's a fresh start today. There's a fresh burst of strength and energy and power from the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to prophesy in that same mode, just with this thing. You know, in John 20, you can just lift your hands, just continue to receive. In John 20, Jesus came to his disciples. He was resurrected as the Lord of glory. He was resurrected, as Pastor Bonnie said. I love that phrase this morning when she said about those lungs died. They collapsed at Calvary. They collapsed in the tomb. But that breath of eternal life came. It's like this full fulfillment, not just of Jesus, but God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit breathing eternal life. 
And in John 20, Jesus comes and visits His disciples, kind of blows their mind, as you can imagine, but He comes to them and he, it says in there, John 20, that He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So those two things are present right now in this room. So as you're praying in the Spirit, as we're receiving, just receive that fresh, as Rich was talking about, there's resurrected, but we've got to go from 110 to 220 in this power level right now. We talk about the supernatural. I am longing for the same power that was in Jesus and that same thing when literally Peter's shadow would heal the sick, would walk by, and there would be healing and salvation miracles. Listen, that is not just a portion for me or him or her or anybody else. It is for the body of Christ. We are receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. So lift your hands right now. Take a deep breath. Take deep breaths in and right now, there's a supernatural power coming upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be as witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth, to Fort Mill, Gastonia, Matthews, Mint Hill, Uptown Charlotte, North Charlotte, Cornelius, Lake Norman, Concord, Belmont, Rock Hill, even Rock Hill in York. You will be his witnesses. You will be filled with power from on high. And today, receive the fresh breath of the Holy Spirit. Receive that resurrection glory and that life through your veins, into your lungs, supernaturally to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out evil spirits. You are anointed with power today. You are anointed with power today. So I would like for us to do one more thing, and that is taking inspiration from the story of Elisha and pouring salt into the headwaters and healing the city of its barrenness and its pollution. And I want us just to stand together and agree together for our nation that all of the pollution that has come into the headwaters of our systems, of our institutions, of our various cultural communities, that today, in the name of Jesus, as we are praying and fasting together and together with saints around the world, we are going to make a declaration today, like Elisha said, the word of God, this water is healed in Jesus' name. So let's just pray in the Spirit for a moment, saints, and then I want you to begin to prophesy as the Lord gives you word. Prophesy and use your voice loud. Prophesy over this nation, the things the Lord puts in front of you, the institutions, the persons, the scenarios. Let's just begin to prophesy the word of God, America, this water, the headwaters of our institutions, of our political institutions, of our educational institutions, of our medicine institutions. We declare the institutions, the headwaters of our culture. This water is healed. God's word, this water is healed. 
in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you. You have put the church in America as salt. Now, Lord, let our saltiness increase and let the headwaters of this nation be restored. We break the spirit of barrenness off of America. We break the spirit of barrenness off of the supply chains. We break the spirit of stupor off of our institutional leaders that are creating these disasters. We make intercession today, Lord, for the poor, for the most needy among us that have been made the greatest victims of all of the insanity. And we make intercession today, Lord, that you would rule in the midst of your enemies and bring judgment, crush kings, and in the face of all of your opponents, show yourself strong. Merciful shepherd, Jesus, our great and glorious God, we worship you and declare that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, we love you. You're going to have a fabulous week. It's going to be filled with miracles. There are going to be new anointings. There are going to be new declarations of blessings. There are going to be new things that are coming your way. Suddenly, good things that you were not expecting. And when we come back together at the end of the week, you will have testimonies to share. Look what the Lord has done. Amen? Look what the Lord has done. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.